0: Hey friends, Pastor Dave here and before we get to our message today, I want to say a word on this Mother's Day about a very special spiritual mother that we all know who went home to be with the Lord this past week, a woman by the name of Rosie Roth. Now if you've been around Cedar Mill for a while, you know that Rosie was a bit of a legend around here. She was born in Albany, Oregon and she gave her life to following Jesus when she was just 12 years old. Then as a young woman, she went off to work at Mount Hermon Christian Conference Center. She worked at Multnomah School of the Bible until in 1965, when with the support of Cedar Mill Bible Church, our support and partnership with Rosie goes all the way back to then, she went out to be a vocational missionary For decades, Rosie did this. She traveled the globe. She went around the world sharing the good news of Jesus, promoting the kingdom of God. She served in several countries in Africa. She was in Korea. She went to India and served there. She did this all the way up until 2009 when finally she decided to retire and then even after retiring, she couldn't stop, and so she would go off on short-term assignments and even worked here locally supporting and serving local churches, including Cedar Mill Bible Church. And uh, this past week, Rosie went home to be with the Lord, and so today, um, on Mother's Day, we salute this spiritual mother, and we say, thank you, Rosie, for all you did. Thank you for the privilege of partnering you with you in ministry, and we thank God for your life. Uh, details about Rosie's uh, service are coming your way. And if you want to be a part of that, we'd love for you to. So thank you, Rosie, and let's pray and we'll get into our message today. Father, today we thank you for, for mothers, um, how you use mothers in such an instrumental way in our lives. We thank you for spiritual mothers like Rosie. Um, we thank you for actual mothers. We pray, Lord, uh, blessing over this day, healing over this day for those who need healing and mother relationships or child relationships. God, we ask that on this Mother's Day that your Holy Spirit would be at work in us, that you would even use this message, God, to encourage us, to challenge us, to help us follow you. And so that's our prayer as we open the word together. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, today um, we're taking a quick break from our series in Corinthians which we'll get back to next week so be ready for that. But today on Mother's Day I wanted to talk about something I believe is central to following God in this world. And I might frame it this way, it's a message I think every Jesus following mom would want to offer to her children, but it's not just for kids, it's for you and me as adults as well. And so the message today is about learning to trust in the Lord, learning to rely on God with all of our lives, learning to look to him for direction and expecting that his ways and his plans are right and best no matter what. And and in fact, as I thought about it this week, scripture outlines for us that perhaps the most important characteristic of those who follow God in this world is learning to trust him. You think about the main characters. Think about how often they're called to trust in the Lord. Noah had to trust God and build a boat when God said, a flood is coming. Abraham had to trust God when he said, go to a land that you've never seen before. Sarah had to trust the Lord when he told her, you are going to have a son even in your old age. Moses had to trust in God when He sent him back to Egypt to confront the most powerful man in the world. Esther had to trust God when she was called to risk her life in order to save God's people from ultimate destruction. Mary had to have amazing trust in the Lord when she was told the child that you're carrying is from the Holy Spirit and friends even Jesus himself had to have amazing trust in his heavenly father when he was called to go and endure the cross and take on the sin of all of humanity and so today i want to offer you this maybe the quality that should mark the life of a jesus follower more than any other or at least it's up there is this statement i am a person who trusts god no matter what this morning we're going to ask this question what does it look like to trust god and to do it we're going to dive into two of my very favorite verses two verses that many of you have heard, some of you know, two verses that perhaps all of us should commit to memorizing. These are just good words to have just sitting in our brains. We're going to read them together right now. So even if you're at home, even if it's awkward, even if you're just in your living room with your family, go ahead and read these words out loud with me. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Today, we're going to break this sentence, this amazing sentence, into four statements and learn four things about what it means to trust in God. Here's the first one Trusting God means complete reliance with completely everything. Complete reliance with completely everything. The word trust in this passage in Hebrew literally means to lean with the whole body, to rest one's full weight upon something. And what this passage is telling us right at the very beginning is that we must learn to trust God with everything we have, with all that we are. He's not asking for partial trust. He's asking for full and complete trust. He says, put your full weight on me. The word heart here refers to more than just our feelings. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just just feel like trusting in God, but in the scriptures, the heart is the center of the mind and the will and the emotions. The heart represents your entire personhood. And so God is saying, take your entire life, everything that you are and rest it fully on me. Trust in me with everything. This is a tall, tall order. This is a high calling. It reminds me of when I was a youth pastor. I used to take um, the leadership team, the high school leaders from our youth group, away on a retreat every single fall to just do some team building and some leadership training. And we went to this Bible camp, and we always did these kind of team building exercises. And one of the things we did every single year were trust falls. And some of you have done trust falls before. they are kind of, a you know, Christian thing to do but you stand you kind of straighten your body out you cross your arms and you fall backwards and your team members catch you they kind of put their arms together and they catch you and so you're trusting them to catch you and trust falls are done a lot and they're a little bit nerve-wracking for some but they're not that bad but at this camp you would work your way up to eventually doing trust falls off of a six-foot platform and I'll tell you what It doesn't sound like it's that high, but when you're standing on the edge of that six-foot platform and you turn around and you're supposed to fall backwards into space, not being able to see who's there or if they're gonna catch you, friends, to do that, you have to really trust your team. Not sort of trust your team, really trust your team because if they fail you, if they drop you, you're from that height gonna get seriously hurt. And again, right away in this passage, the writer of Proverbs wants us to know God doesn't want us to sort of trust him or kind of trust him. He desires for us to fully and 100% completely trust in him. Even when it's scary, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we don't understand. And so let me ask you this today, friends. Where in your life right now is trusting God difficult? Is it hard? Is it challenging? Is it scary? Is it scary to trust him with your singleness? To believe that he has a plan for your life and no matter what that plan is, it's a good plan because it's his plan? Is it scary to trust him in your marriage? To believe that his calling on your life to serve and to be faithful is still there even though there's some struggle and some difficulty? Is it scary to trust the Lord with your health, with something going on with your physical body that feels hard, that feels uncertain? Is it hard to trust him there? Is it hard to trust him in friendships or, or in college decisions or family dynamics or financially or vocationally to just believe that even though the future seems uncertain to you, God has you right in the palm of his hands? Or maybe, maybe the hardest place to trust God of all is with our kids. And this one's fitting because it's Mother's Day today. And maybe your kids, you're listening to this and they're not on the right path. They're not living the life that you long for them to live, that God wants for them to live. And maybe you're out of ideas. Maybe you don't feel like you have control. Maybe you don't feel like there's hope. The question is this, do you trust God that he's still at work, that he loves them and that he cares about them even more than you do? You see, trusting God sounds really great until it's hard, until it's scary. And that's when God says, completely trust in me with completely everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is the second thing we find here, that trusting in God means admitting he is wiser than you. It's a really, really good thing to just grab a hold of in your life that he's smarter than you are that word lean in hebrew it means to rest upon something for partial support it's what you do when you feel a little bit steady you grab that handrail or you use that cane or that crutch right and what the writer is saying is that you and me that we as human beings in this world we are always going to be tempted to supplement our trust of the lord with trust in ourselves To not just trust in him, but to also trust in our own wisdom and ideas and thoughts. God, you know, God, I know you said this is the right way, but the more I think about it, are you sure it's not that way? Lord, I know I can really trust in you and rely on you, but just in case you get busy, just in case you forget or drop the ball on this one, let me set up this safety net, let me prepare this backup plan for you. You see, what understanding refers to here is not on our own understanding, is is our our own discernment, our own wisdom, our own insight, our own sense of intelligence. It's this temptation that we all face to believe that we know how to make life in this world work best, that we know better than God. This is why too often we pray prayers that, Say, hey, God, here are my ideas, here are my thoughts, here are my plans, here's how I want things to go. And so, Lord, here's my prayer. Can you just sign off on that? Can you just make that happen? Can you just make my will, may my will be done, Lord? And yet, what does Jesus say? He says, pray different than that. He says, pray, Lord, may your will be done. May thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, Lord, I want your way, not my way, because you are smarter than me. Now, this verse does not mean that we stop trying to understand, that we give up learning and thinking. But it does mean that we admit that God knows more than us. We say, God, you know more about this world than me. You know more about relationships than me. You even know more about what's best for me than me. Now, that's like the most anti-American thing you can say. But let me ask you this question. Do you operate your life with the assumption that you know what's best for you? Or do you live in a way that says, God knows what's best for me. He even knows more than I do. Are you relying on your limited understanding or his infinite understanding? See, to be a follower of Jesus is to say, God is smarter, he is wiser than me. It's admitting he is wiser than you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This is my favorite phrase of the sentence. Here's what we're learning from it. Trusting God means living with him. Trusting God means living with him. I was talking to a friend this week about a sabbatical, a short sabbatical I have coming up this summer for a couple months. I have a couple months off. It happens every seven years for pastors at Cedar Mail. It's a tremendous gift. And I was just thinking through, what does it look like for me to spend those two months in a way where I come back refreshed and more connected to God and not just sort of time off, not just a vacation. And I was kind of going through all these things that I might do and assignments I might give myself. And then my friend gave me some really good advice. He said, the most important thing, Dave, I think is this. Whatever you do during those two months, do it with God. Just whatever you do, just do it with God. You don't have to plan time with God, just do everything with God. God, friend, the, That word acknowledge in Hebrew, it's a really cool word, and it carries with it this, this idea of intimate communion or intimate connection. You might translate that, that phrase of, of this sentence in this way. In all your ways, live intimately connected to him. Eugene Peterson in The Message says it beautifully. He says it like this. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. You know, in 1989, some of you were alive back then, a youth minister in Holland, Michigan named Janie Tinkleberg was so taken with this one little phrase, what would Jesus do, that she came up with the acronym WWJD and she put it on bracelets for the students in her youth group to wear. And if you were alive in the 1990s, you know that this trend caught on. Everybody was wearing WWJD bracelets. And yes, they were a little cheesy. Yes, we did sometimes make fun of them because they were a little Christian subcultury, for sure. And yet, and yet, there was something really beautiful about those bracelets. They were beautiful because they were a reminder to not just do life on your own and check in with God occasionally, but to do life with God Continually, to always be asking Him constantly throughout your day, Lord, how would you have me respond right now? What words should I say or not say in this moment? What would reflect you most in me and through me here with these people? Friends, trusting God means doing life with God. And the way we say that at Cedar Mill through one of our seven distinctives, one of the seven ways that define the way we walk with Jesus in this world, we say it this way, pray continually. We seek constant conscious communion with our heavenly Father. That's what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is saying right here. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go, because to learn to trust him is to do life with him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. The last thing that this passage has to say is that trusting God means having a clear direction. Now let me explain this a little bit because this is maybe one of the most misunderstood phrases of, of, of these two verses. This verse is not saying God will make your path straight. He'll make everything easy for you and comfortable for you. He's not promising you a stress-free, struggle-free, easy, simple, straightforward life. That is not the guarantee. The promise here is that God, if you trust him, if you're looking to him, will make it very clear what direction you should go, how you should live, and then he will help you navigate life, whatever happens on that path. He'll show you the path. Doesn't mean it's gonna be an easy path, but he'll be with you on that path. In other words, God's path is easy to to see, but sometimes hard to live. when you walk with God, you don't have to wonder, like, how should I respond? How should I act? What should I do? What will give my life meaning and purpose and fulfillment? What's the Jesus way? No, the Jesus way is clear, not always easy, but clear. Let me give you some examples. When it comes to your enemies, when someone wrongs you, right? The world's path might say, hate them or stand against them. God's path says, love them. Love them, you don't have to wonder about it. When it comes to someone wronging you, there's just temptation in you and me to fight back and defend yourself at all costs. And yet, Jesus says, God's path says, turn the other cheek. When it comes to money and material and possessions, this world we live in says, Get as much as you can because that stuff will make your life great. And Jesus says it is better to give than receive. When it comes to achieving greatness, what will make you great in this world? The world says you get it by promoting yourself and marketing yourself and you know, crafting your image oh so carefully on social media. And yet, what does Jesus say? He says, here's how you achieve greatness. You get it by serving others, putting others above and before yourself. What about honesty? Well, as long as it doesn't cost you. No, Jesus says, even when it does cost you, you speak truth. Who matters? Well, in this world, I'll tell you who matters. Beautiful people matter, powerful people matter, smart people, influential people, they're the ones who matter. And yet God's path says it very clearly. You have never laid eyes on a human being not created in my image. Never laid eyes on someone who I did not send my son to die for on the cross. You see, friends, the straight path means putting others before yourself, serving the less fortunate. It looks like a life of prayer and studying God's word. It looks like embracing humble confidence in a world that promotes insecure arrogance. It looks like love that is selfless and patient and kind and that doesn't keep a record of wrongs but revels in forgiveness. It's not an easy path, but it's a clear path. Trusting God means he gives us clear direction. And now we're just along for the ride. And with that in mind, I want to close today with one of my favorite stories. It's a story that I've loved for decades now. It's called Traveling Tandem. And I think it's a wonderful picture of what living out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 looks like In this world and so so maybe as i read it you could just close your eyes where you are and just hear these words and and picture this story as it plays out and what it means for you to live a life of trust in the living god here it is traveling tandem at first i saw god as my observer my judge keeping track of the things i did wrong so as to know whether i merited heaven or hell when i die He was out there, sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I really didn't know him. But later, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride. But it was a tandem bike, and Christ was in the back, helping me pedal. I don't know just when it was that he suggested we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places and at breakneck speeds, it was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, he said, Pedal. I worried and was anxious and asked, Where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer. And I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say, I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, joy. They gave me their gifts to take on my journey, our journey, my Lord's and mine. And we were off again. He said, give the gifts away, they're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did to the people we met, and I found that in giving I received, and still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first in control of my life i thought he'd wreck it but he knows bike secrets how to make it bend and take sharp corners jump to clear high rocks and fly to shorten scary passages and i'm learning to be quiet and pedal in the strangest places i'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breezes on my face with my delightful constant companion christ And when I'm sure I just can't do any more, he just smiles and says, Pedal. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, friends, read it with me one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. God bless you, friends. Happy Mother's Day and we'll see you again next Sunday.